0: The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.
1: That's right. Every moment that we were here, they were there on the front lines. And if they weren't on the front lines, they were getting ready to go to the front lines. And unfortunately, we have some names to add this week. The Marine Corps has named the three Marines who were killed in an MV-22 Osprey crash last Sunday, took place in Australia during a multinational training exercise. The Marines who died are Corporal Spencer R. Collot, age 21. He was an Osprey crew chief from Arlington, Virginia. Captain Eleanor L. Lebeau, 29 years old, an Osprey pilot from Belleville, Illinois and Major Tobin J. Lewis, age 37, from Jefferson, Colorado. And that's all according to a news release from the Marine Rotational Force Darwin, Australia. Lewis was the executive officer of Marine Medium Tilt Rotor Squadron 363, the Marines unit based at Kenahoe Bay, Hawaii. And of the remaining 20 Marines who were on the Osprey when it crashed on Melville Island, north of Darwin, Northern Territory in Australia, three remain in the Royal Darwin Hospital. One is in critical condition and two are in stable condition, according to all of the latest releases from Tuesday to Friday of this week. They were all taken to the hospital, treated for injuries, and most of them, 14 of them, were released. The cause of the crash is under investigation, but we're sad. You know, we we know that just because you're not on the front lines, you got to be ready at any moment to give your all, to give your life for this country. And I think about the moms and the wives and the sisters and brothers who get this kind of news. You know, they probably were feeling pretty okay. They're loved one wasn't in the battlefield. And then something like this happens, a tragic accident happens. So once you sign that blank check, up to and including your life in the United States military, there's no telling what's going to happen. But we pay respect to them every Friday because they're worthy of our respect. Without them, we're not living in the land of the free and the home of the brave. It's Labor Day weekend. I'm up in the studio, actually, in Palm Beach, so I get to hang out a little with Sharina, and I also get to, well, just kind of get ready for the weekend. Everybody's got plans. Labor Day, what does it mean to you? My moment, or whatever we call it, the thought of the day on Monday will tell you what I think about Labor Day, so I'm not gonna tell you today. You'll have to wait and listen on Monday. But it's amazing to me how different the work ethic is today than it was when I was coming up, with a rare exception. I, I have an exception in the studio. She works ridiculously hard. Uh, but most of the time I look at this generation, this you know, young people between the ages of like 25 and 45, and it's the immediate gratification that they crave, including... They get out of school, whatever it is, college or technical school, and they think they should immediately have a great job paying a lot of money, and if they can't find that, they'll just uh, sit home, live in their parents' basement. Very few people like my producer who wouldn't do that or my own children who didn't do that. It's amazing. So what did happen that was of kind of major importance to me was we're beginning to see some of these sentencings for the so called insurrectionists, the member of the Proud Boys, the one who smashed a Capitol window with a stolen police shield and let in a mob on January 6th, was tearfully begging for mercy before he got sentenced. Only to turn around after the judge sent him to the slammer for 10 years, he turned around and yelled, Trump won. Dominic Pizzola, who is uh, mostly identified by his nickname Spazzo, was convicted in May of assaulting, resisting, or impeding certain officers and robbery, including government property, alongside of four other Proud Boy co-defendants. He smashed the Capitol window. It was one of the first breaches of the building. And of course, you know, to hear the left tell it, it allowed hordes of MAGA fanatics to storm the building. That's not exactly what happened, but okay, if that's how they want to represent it. You opened up the Capitol like a can opener, U.S. District Judge Timothy Kelly said on Friday, adding that the tradition of peacefully transferring power was among the most precious things we had as Americans. It's always interesting to me how when the left does this kind of stuff, it's not a big deal. But if the right does this kind of stuff, it is the absolute worst thing that could possibly happen. So he got 10 years. His co-defendants, Joseph Biggs and Zachary Reel, were recently handed 17 and 15 years behind bars, respectively. Bazola was acquitted of seditious conspiracy charge, unlike the other Proud Boys, because prosecutors described him as the literal poster boy for the group's conspiracy. And he did an emotional plea. He... uh said to the judge, Judge Kelly, who, by the way, was appointed by Donald Trump. I don't want to confuse anybody and say this was an Obama appointee. No, it was a Trump appointee. And Pizzola said, you see before you a changed man, a humbled man uh, with a heart full of regret. This was the worst, most regrettable decision of my life. I fully realized the gravity of my actions. Then he wiped his eyes. His mom and his wife were tearfully addressing the court. Lisa McGee told the court she had struggled to find employment because of her husband's actions and her daughter's had been subjected to bullying and harassment. I truly believe if he could change the course of that day, he would. Even with McGee's beg for mercy, she was far from making an excuse for Pozzolla's behavior. As I said on the stand, he's an, I can't say the word, starts with an F, idiot. According to a tweet from a political reporter who was in the courtroom at the time, but even after his tearful plea and claiming he accepted full responsibility, as soon as he was sentenced, he raised his fist and yelled "Trump won!" as he exited the courtroom. Bonafide, certified nut, knucklehead. Right now, I believe that that Trump. Would have won had there not been, you know, cheating and all the rest of the nonsense that went on. But I don't think I would do that in a courtroom where I'd just been convicted of insurrection. Just saying. So not the brightest bulb in the, uh, in the box, but uh, we understand that there's a lot of emotion. There's still a lot of emotion out there, which leads me to this headline that I saw in, I guess it was on Drudge or one of the uh, aggregate websites that give you the news headlines. The headline is, Tucker Carlson is a dead man walking. Okay. You know, I don't know. I clicked on it. Maybe it's clickbait, whatever. Russia is still dealing with the fallout from the stunning demise of the head of Wagner Group, Yevgeny Prigozhin and his associates, all of whom recently perished in a fiery plane crash. Hmm, wonder who caused that fiery plane crash? Could it be Vlad? This week, Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov told reporters that several possible causes are being considered, including the possibility that it was a deliberate atrocity. These are the same propagandists who previously asserted that he had to die for organizing the mutiny, which pretty much embarrassed the crap out of of Vladimir Putin, who his grip on power seems to be weakening all the time. So it just kind of seemed like their wish came true or that whatever. So now they're spinning their wheels, and now they've come up with their next bit of propaganda, and they took it to X, formerly known as Twitter. And they said that the next potential victim— is the current ex-formerly Twitter podcast, Tucker Carlson. (laughs) The latest broadcast of The Evening with Vladimir Soloyev featured multiple clips of Carlson's hysterical predictions, including his claim that the U.S. government is getting ready to go to war with Russia, a war he implied, now this is Tucker Carlson who said this, I saw the piece, would lose, the U.S. would lose. So in a series of clips from Adam Carolla's YouTube show that were hand-selected for this uh, Soloyev program, Carlson accused both Republicans and the Democrats of being insane and hysterical, predicting that a war between the U.S. and Russia would start next year. Hmm. Well, guess what? I don't want to, you know, become a target for anything, especially assassination, but I agree with Tucker Carlson that we have two parties up there who don't seem to understand the implications of how involved they have become in this war in the Ukraine. It's a proxy war, and one day, one day probably pretty soon, the chips are gonna get called in. And the only hope I have is that before that happens, Donald Trump gets reelected. Because if not, I'm really scared for our future, if there is such a thing predicting future events. Don't forget to download our app, the 850 WFTL app, or you can go to our website, 850wftl.com. That way you can get involved in our numerous uh, conversations. And, you know, you can actually, I believe you can weigh into the morning show and they read your stuff. I don't do that. I really, you know, keep your opinions to yourself or email them to me. Um, But we do have lots of good stuff, including contests that you could win at the website. So make it a part of your day. Check it out. You got all the news stories that you need, weather updates and all that cool stuff. And, of course, the app, you can hear all the podcasts, mine, the No Restraint Podcast, as well as Steven Diener's number one numero uno podcast of uh, Unidentified Alien Podcast. For now, I'm going to take a quick break. We will be talking to Derek later on in the hour, so you don't want to touch that dial. Stay right where you are. Just so many crazy stories out there. And, you know, I, I this whole Mitch McConnell thing, really, I, I don't get it. You know, all we do is talk about how the president is too old to be the president. Mitch McConnell actually makes Joe Biden look like he's in good health. You know, f- as far as I can tell, I've never seen Joe Biden. I mean, he's incoherent. That's true. But he doesn't. Yeah, he does gaze off into space. Never mind. But if we want Joe Biden to be taken out of the equation, and by that I mean not running for a second term, shouldn't we insist that Mitch McConnell maybe retire? I mean, he's having small seizures, or at the very least, he's having TIAs, which are small strokes. And if that's true... Should he be the minority leader? We don't have anybody else. Plus, if you looked at him, there was a time when Mitch McConnell was kind of like a a, a dude with some weight on him. Now he looks like one of those sick old guys. And I just don't get it. This speechlessness that he's going through, because I don't know how to describe it other than that, they're obviously linked to him being lightheaded And maybe he's dehydrated. I don't know. Because I know that when I get dehydrated, I get that kind of like far off stare and I lose my train of thought. And then I know I got to glug down some water. So whatever they have figured out, they had a whole bunch of neurologists on a panel on an Internet show. I think it was last night. And they said it's a very revealing video where he freezes up two times, and they said that this is a serious medical problem. This isn't just an occasional occurrence that we can all forget. Some of the neurologists, although they admit they can't diagnose him from the video, they'd have to actually do a, a full workup on him. If you gave that tape to a medical student who is studying neurology, like my daughter, They would say these episodes, whatever they are, need to be taken very seriously. And Mitch McConnell should be at Walter Reed Medical Center and they should be running tests on him. Why would you allow a man to have repeated occurrences, many strokes? I think that both he and uh, Joe Biden should be roommates at Walter Reed and we should find out what's wrong with these guys. I can tell you that what's wrong with these guys. They're too darn old, and they're not aging well. Compare that to Donald Trump, who's also old. He'll be 78 if he's reelected when he takes office. That's old. You know, I, it's not as old as I used to think it is because I'm quickly approaching that kind of age myself, but I'm in relatively good shape. My mental capacities are, eh, they're not as good as they used to be. I'm not as sharp as I used to be, but I'm still sharper than a lot of people I know who are a lot younger. So I'm not gonna consign myself to some sort of mental disability. I don't think I have one. Physically, I can't do the things I used to do. I'm okay with Joe Biden climbing the short steps into the belly of the Air Force One. Why make the guy fall down Climbing those big tall steps. But then I look back at Donald Trump, who bounded up the same steps, who can talk off the cuff for an hour and a half, who comes out and does the little crazy, you know, white guy dance when the music is playing and he comes out on the stage. But he does it. Can you imagine if Joe Biden tried to do like a dance? That's scary, right? He can barely walk across a stage. So some people can age and probably serve in office. But apparently, Tucker Carlson agreed with Dave Portnoy from Barstools. He went on his show. And Dave said, you know, these guys are too old to be president, meaning Joe Biden and Donald Trump, who are the potential, you know, candidates in the next election. And Tucker Carlson apparently leaned in and said, I agree. So I don't know. I I think they're old. But I think there's a world of a difference between the way Joe Biden is aging and the way a guy like Donald Trump is aging. Remember, Donald Trump has never drunk alcohol, drank alcohol. He has never taken drugs. I know some people say, oh, he must be taking something, but not that anyone knows about, and his physician said he isn't. On the other hand, you know, Joe Biden definitely was a... uh, one of those White House, Washington go-to-the-cocktail-hour-before-you-go-home guys. No doubt about it. And uh, when you're 80 years old and you've had some serious drinking going on in your lifetime, there's an effect. No question about it. So I, I don't think you can compare the two. I think the problem for Donald Trump is that he never ate well. So he probably has all kinds of digestive stuff and plaque in his arteries. <laughs> but, you know, all that is resolvable. And think about this. The man got COVID early on in the, in the pandemic. And he was up and walking about two or three days after his hospitalization. That's pretty telling. That tells me what kind of physical condition he is comparatively. Anyway, it's time for me to take a break. When I come back, I'll be talking with my son, Derek Hoffman from TMZ out there in Los Angeles. My goodness. So everything I'm reading about Los Angeles these days, they're not even going to have a store left to shop in if things keep going the way they're going. But apparently that's okay with Derek. Derek doesn't do a lot of shopping. And whatever shopping he does will only be done online. So stay right where you are. We'll be back with the TMZ segment in just a moment. That's right. The Kaufman family bringing you TMZ's news. How are you, kid?
0: I'm hanging in there. Happy uh, Labor Day.
1: Yeah. Well, I was uh, saying to my audience, you know, you're one of the last people I know that actually has a work ethic. Because some of these younger people, I don't know, they just, uh, they don't want to work.
0: No, look, I work in an environment with a lot of young people and, to say there's a generational divide in our office would be understated because you know, we've got Harvey, who is in his, you know, 70s. I'm in my 40s. And then we got a bunch of 20-year-olds. So it's uh, you can see it in real time in our office.
1: Yeah, and the, just that, that, that immediate gratification that they're so used to getting, right? You know, it's like everything is the p- click of a button. I was laughing, you know, I said to the audience before you came on, I'm watching these news stories now Nordstrom's being, like, raided by mobs of teenagers stealing stuff in L.A., Soon you're not going to have any stores, just like San Francisco.
0: It's wild. I mean, I've seen these videos as well. They're, they're calling them flash rob, <laughs> instead of a flash mob. When they used to come out and dance, now they come out and uh, you know take a bunch of uh, pricey items from department stores. It's it's something like I've never seen. I've seen this at department stores. I've seen some videos of people taking some medicines, but never at a fancy, ritzy store. And now it's just like they come in and smash and grab and walk right
1: out. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate because, you know, these are some of the great cities, and I would tell you what I think is the problem, but, uh, you know, then we get into a political debate, which you don't want to do, so we won't <laughs> talk that. <laughs> we'll talk about some really cool uh, entertainment stories, some not so cool, like, what's up with Paris Jackson? First and foremost, her fans are all upset that she didn't post anything on her father's birthday.
0: Yeah, you know, it, it was his 65th birthday. It would have been Michael Jackson's 65th, which just is a reminder of how young he was when he passed. I mean, this was in 2009 when he passed, and he would just be 65. Um, but you're right, she didn't post much because a lot of fans, he's a pretty divisive figure, and she can be a target for a lot of hate, and his other children as well, if they post things, because, you know, he had he had a history. And there are people who uh, think if Michael Jackson would have survived, he would have been canceled for all the allegations of, of child molestation and so forth Um, but she's facing her own battles now at her house she had an intruder she ran to get a temporary restraining order because you know she's quite famous just by virtue of her proximity to Michael Jackson and even though he passed back in 2009 he still resonates as a very very famous figure and that passed on to his children who can have some unwanted visitors sometimes
1: so she's afraid for her life is that what you're telling me
0: You know, that is what they say in all of these documents. You know, that's Mm -hmm. a way to get a restraining order is you go in and you say, look, this has made me nervous enough that I want some legal protection that says this person has to stay 100 yards away. But as I always, uh, you know, remind people, it's a piece of paper. And if someone is disturbed, uh, an order from a judge may not necessarily dissuade them, but it does give you a little bit of peace of mind that you can then run to court and hopefully get the person uh, arrested or taken in for a psychiatric evaluation.
1: Yeah. Well she didn't choose to be fame you know, famous. She's famous by virtue of her, her parentage. But uh, nonetheless, if you want to live that lifestyle and she does, I see she's out there with her own career and she does all kinds of, you know, hanging out with the celebrities. So it comes with the territory. You learn that and I had to learn that.
0: Yeah, it really does. But you're right. I do think of I, I have more sympathy if you were just thrust into it. She really didn't have a choice. It's by virtue of having the last name Jackson and your dad being the king of pop, you're thrust into it. And, yeah, she leaned in a bit to the singing career and so forth. But it's, it's something she's had to deal with her entire life. And it can be really disorienting and upsetting and dangerous at times.
1: Yeah. Do you think she looks anything like Michael? Because I keep looking at pictures of her and I see nothing.
0: I feel like I always want to see it but I <laughs> I, I confess I don't <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> unless 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 I were told otherwise yeah
1: Yeah I mean I just got, I keep looking I, I I haven't seen any close ups of uh, Blanket or whatever that kid's name is but uh,
0: that one I think is the closest you yeah. know Blanket has has some physical similarities to Michael I would say Paris and uh you know uh the other one Michael Jr Prince Prince I'm sorry Prince, Prince. Right. Uh, I don't see it as much
1: Yeah well listen Um, it's, it's the whole story is crazy anyway, but I can't believe Michael would have been 65 years old. He'll be frozen forever to me, you know, in thriller. That's about as old as I'll let him get in my mind. That's right. So what about 50 cents? I mean, this guy chucked a broken microphone into the audience and ended up really hurting somebody.
0: And not not just anybody, not some, uh, you know, fan or Joe Schmo off the street. This is a Power 106 DJ that took a microphone microphone to the face, and he was so angry on stage, he had already sort of chucked one microphone or slammed it on the ground, and then he hurled off a pitch, and I've seen 50 Cent do a first pitch. He's very famous for having one of the first pitch disasters in history, where he went out to a stadium and sailed one very wide, but he hit the mark here. He just uncorked the fastball, and she's got a huge gash in her head, and people are upset. I mean, the game, this was at an L.A. concert that was supposed to celebrate one of his albums, so it should have been a joyous occasion, lots of celebrities on stage, and so IG up there rapping at the time he he ducked it, he was upset. Um, But, you know, the game, who is an an L.A. legend, said, you know, we don't like that kind of stuff around here, Mm -hmm. 50 And other people have come out and said, look, he wasn't aiming at her. He was obviously just frustrated. But he's a, he's a suspect in a, in a battery report. You know, this is pretty serious. She's got a gash in her head.
1: Yeah. And I've seen, like, Cardi B do that kind of stuff. Apparently now, you know, celebrities feel like they should respond with physical violence.
0: Yeah, you know, the Cardi thing is slightly different because someone had chucked something on stage and she retaliated. And you can sort of see someone impulsively getting hit with something on stage and then just sort of throwing, throwing something in return. But 50 Cent just manage your anger a little bit better. The, the poor woman in the front of the stage, who, who I think he tried to say was in the wrong area, was a restricted area. But come on, mm. you can't just throw a microphone, which is... Very heavy and, and hard and, and can inflict some damage.
1: She says he looked right at her before he threw it too, so that's her case. And it's a pretty awful yeah. gash.
0: It is a it's a bad looking it's a bad looking injury. And I thought, you know, microphones often had like that soft top on them, not this one.
1: Mm It was a broken microphone, I think, and so you know, yeah. look it. So has fifty responded to all of this publicity? What's his attorney say?
0: You know, he's he's being pretty quiet i think initially they said she was in the wrong area which seemed to be the start of some kind of defense that like she shouldn't have been standing there in the first place but my guess is he needs to get out in front of it and really just sort of settle it quietly and not be defensive about it apologize fall the sort of and pay for her medical bills at the, at a minimum
1: yeah for sure and uh, and she is she still a dj on this uh, power 96 station yeah, she's a she's
0: she's a DJ. She's not, you know, she's she's someone who has has a name and radio and a microphone. Like You're your radio personality, so yeah. she can certainly get on there, even if she's not sort of in talk radio as as you are. There's talking segments on a on FM, mm-hmm. so certainly uh, she could she could make this worse for him uh, if he doesn't address it in a in a in a good way.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I've been really trying to follow the Celine Dion story, and of course, I go to TMZ for most of my celebrity uh, news, but it's just so sad. I mean, this is an incurable disorder that she has, isn't it?
0: It's very, very sad. I mean, she is one of the preeminent belters. you know? She's mm-hmm. got one of the, the, the top voices left on Earth. You know, Aretha Franklin passed. we've got Mariah Carey, doesn't really have the same range she wants, but... Once did, but Celine Dion was in Vegas doing her shows for a very long time, and now is battling this stiff person syndrome, is what they call it. And you know, she announced this several months ago, but people wanted to check in to see how it's going, and it's very difficult. I mean, mm-hmm. there are no cures that are known, and she is still sort of struggling with this disease, and and I think uh, she she would like to find some therapies that are helpful, but it is a struggle.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I think I saw an interview with her sister that was just so sad. Very but sad. Yeah. yeah. I, but listen, you know, again, when you're in the public eye like that, you can't even look at Bruce Willis. You know, they had to completely take him out of the public eye because uh, people want to know what's going on uh, when Jamie Foxx uh, oh, disappeared. I was
0: going to say this happened yeah. with Jamie Foxx. Mm-hmm. You know, people are curious. These are beloved figures. Uh, Bruce Willis. Amy Fox, Selene Dion is, are in that category where there's just curiosity about mm-hmm. how they're doing. Uh, no ill will, but but a lot of uh, need to know. People uh, clamor for this.
1: Mm-hmm. And finally, what do we know about this 90-day fiance guy? Like he's apparently lost in the Amazon.
0: Yeah I I, w- I I confess I wish I could tell you more about what's going on with this, but this mm-hmm. story has is still developing, and he, he's apparently just. You know, missing at mm-hmm. this point, and mm-hmm. I don't know. We will follow it and we will track it, but I don't know much more than you at this mm-hmm. point. I, I confess. All
1: right. Well, at least you can admit that. I uh, hope you're planning something fun to do over the Labor Day weekend. Please give my my little presidents Nixon and Carter a big hug from Bubby.
0: I will do indeed. They are both. Uh, they just started school in second grade and PK, so they're they're getting big.
1: It's amazing. All right, be well. Give my love to Mary.
0: Uh, take care.
1: All right. All right, let me take a quick break. We'll be right back. So y- you really know that we're in, the, um, in crazy land, and very much what Dan Bongino was talking about earlier today, about this becoming more and more like a police state than you ever dreamed possible. The mayor of New York, Eric Adams, is a madman. He's going to have... NYPD drones monitoring backyard parties in New York. Now, I don't know about the rest of you, but if I'm in my backyard, that's still my property. I don't wanna be spied on by the New York Police Department. Not that that many people in New York actually have backyards, not in the city, but they do, you know, people have some money have rooftop gardens and they have huge patios. And of course, if they have a brownstone, they have a backyard. And the audacity of flying drones over their Labor Day weekend barbecue really tells me everything I need to know about what's going on and why you must refuse to comply. This is getting crazier by the minute. Everywhere I turn, there's a camera. It's amazing. I used to not be as aware, I guess, but since I started getting really fearful of just how much observation of everything we do, I literally now check the vicinity, wherever I am, to see where the nearest camera is. And I'm stunned at just how many cameras are out there. I mean, a red light camera, big deal, right? except that that camera knows exactly where you and your car are at that exact moment that you pass it. I'm not even worried about getting a ticket. I just don't want to be tracked like that. Now, you're going to have a lot of backlash for the mayor because all the civil liberties advocates have to be asking, like, is it legit to use a drone to spy on people who are not under investigation? I mean, one thing if you have, like, some... Well, let me give you a perfect example. On our way here today, we had to drive through a part of Pompano Beach. And it's kind of off the beaten track. It's generally a residential area. There's some uh, Section 8 housing in there. There's some apartment buildings in there. There's some old school homes in there where people have been living for like five generations in Pompano. And about, I wanna say about 15 years ago, they put a mosque there, a really big mosque. And at the time, I was one of these people who said, You know, do you really need a mosque in this neighborhood? This is a predominantly Christian neighborhood, predominantly African American neighborhood, predominantly Hispanics living in this neighborhood. And all of a sudden, there's like a gigantic mosque, not just like any mosque, a big mosque. So today, we're driving here and we take the back route. And there is a world of cars up on the sidewalks, all over the place, parked. And I don't know, maybe it's a holiday, but I certainly don't know if it is. I don't think it's Ramadan or anything like that. But there was a lot of cars there. And forgive me if after watching all the news of what's happening in Israel, where these terrorists are attacking civilian citizens like every single day in the last couple of weeks, and I see a ton of cars at this mosque. Forgive me if I just get a little bit nervous. You know, where's the drones flying over that? There won't be. There'll be a violation of their civil liberties. What's wrong with you, Joyce? Well, what's wrong with me is like, I still remember 9-11. It's gonna be 22 years in just a couple of days since it happened, but I don't forget. And I don't want anybody else to forget. And it's not that I assume that every mosque is planning something. But lo and behold, those plans were made and those plans resulted in the death of thousands of people, not just Americans, but people from all over who were in the World Trade Center that day, people who were on an airplane that crashed into a a field in Pennsylvania, people that were on a plane, and people who were working inside the Pentagon that died. So, I don't I'm not delusional. I know why that happened. That was an attack against the West. And I'm looking around and I'm seeing other people must be looking at what's going on in this country. And they must be thinking if ever there was an opportunity for some kind of attack. This is it. We've got a weak administration. We have a military that's more worried about whether, you know, it has enough generals wearing skirts. Even though they still have, uh, you know, male parts, and we're giving all our weaponry and billions of dollars to fight a proxy war against Russia in the Ukraine with untold thousands of Ukrainians dead. And so if i'm uh, if I'm some kind of crazy mullah living in Iran, I'm looking at all this stuff, or even if I'm not that crazy. And I'm thinking, these guys are, have no, they don't have their guard up at all. They're too busy worried about how many transgendered people are you know, admitted to Harvard this year than they are about attacks from people who just hate Western civilization. People who actually would like to see the democracy disappear. Sharia law is what they want. And I don't forget that. You see, apparently everybody else, enough time has passed, they've moved on to other things. They're more concerned about, oh, I don't know, the, the right for a woman to have an abortion. That's way more important to them than the possibility that we could be attacked again. For a couple of years we were on guard, right? And then when Donald Trump came in, he made it perfectly clear Like, if you plan on messing with us, you don't know what I'm going to do, but trust me, you don't want to see it. And they bought that, whether it was the little rocket man in North Korea or it was the mullahs in Iran or it was, you know, the crazy people who were in positions of leadership in Turkey and Syria and all over the Middle East. And now, of course, they're looking at this mess and they're thinking, hmm, if we're, if our intention is to wreak havoc as much as possible, this is probably a good opportunity. And we, they don't know what's going to happen in the next election. Nobody knows. So I'm scared. You know, I, I must admit, I think about that. And I know that very few other people think about it. I do have some listeners who are also concerned about such things. And in the meantime, they're putting on masks and they're, running away. I see people today, again, wearing a mask, riding a bicycle, like you're not going to get COVID on your bicycle. Okay. And even if you do get COVID, you're going to be all right. It's like getting the flu. Anyway, that's me ranting into this Labor Day weekend. I hope you have some relaxation ahead of you. It literally is a day where you're supposed to not work. That's why it's Labor Day, right? So the most work you should do is grilling some hamburgers and hot dogs in your backyard. But if you're in New York and you see a drone flying overhead, you are under observation. So make sure that you have some veggie burgers on your grill, because that's all we're going to be allowed to eat in the future. I thank you for your time this time. Until next time, my plan is to be back here on uh, Tuesday, actually, if it be his will and he delays his coming. What lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So ever you are, just be yourself. Everybody else is taken. God bless you and God bless the United States of America. See you on
0: Tuesday.